welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another podcast of We Talk Health. We've kicked Will out of his office today. This is Tammy Hardy with the Women's Center at Jackson General, and we are doing another Coffee Conversations. Today we have a couple of ladies. We have a new one with us, and then one is not able to make it. So we're a little slim today, but that's okay. We still have got a lot of good information about women's heart health to talk about. February represents Heart Health Month. And we spend a lot of time in the healthcare field trying to educate on the number one killer of all men and women. And heart disease is the leading cause of death for men and women. And we're finding that it also affects even the younger women in childbearing years. So we're going to focus a little bit on that today. I'd like to introduce my guests today, let them tell you who they are, what they do, and we will proceed from there. My name is Abby Mays. I am a clinical dietitian at the hospital. Hi, I am Tracy Dixon, and I am a L&D nurse um, in labor and delivery. Tracy, I'm so glad that you're here with us and that you're joining us now. One of the things in my research, I noticed American Heart Association had a lot of information on how your heart is affected by being pregnant. Mm -hmm. And if you have other co-occurring disorders, like diabetes or high blood pressure, it sort of sends that into a little overdrive, and that's probably not the right way to say it, but I want you to kind of share a little bit about what you're seeing in labor delivery with moms and possibly even what, once they've delivered their babies, what's happening with their bodies at that point. So like you stated earlier, Tammy, um, heart disease is the number one killer of women in the U.S. It is also the leading cause of maternal death. So what we're seeing in labor and delivery uh, with a lot of our pregnant moms is, I would say it's it's probably half and half. Some are coming in uh, with what we call gestational hypertension, which is hypertension while pregnant. And then we also have ones that's coming in that has a history of hypertension and are on medications, you know, for for the hypertension. And a lot of times, those patients that come in that are actually on medications for the hypertension, we also have to monitor babies. Like, we monitor babies anyway, but we have to monitor things just a little closer, and especially after the mom delivers her baby. There's a couple of tests that we have to also do on baby for moms that are on, like, beta blockers, because um, beta blockers tend to lower the baby heart rate in utero. Yeah. So we have to monitor the mom and baby a lot closer. So I really, um, as a nurse, I really never thought about the medications the mama takes. I mean, yes. We know what she puts in her body also hits the baby, but mm-hmm. I really didn't think about it actually affecting the it baby. It affects the baby as in well. That aspect. Yes. It's good so, to know. Yeah, and, and, I, and for those moms, we have to do blood glucose checks on the babies rather uh, right after delivery at least about at least 90 minutes after delivery we want to do a blood glucose check on the baby 
And I don't know uh, if a lot of people, uh, moms out there know, if you have hypertension, a lot of times hypertension can also cause hypoglycemic or hyperglycemic, you know, in pregnancy. It can, it can lower or increase. And that is, when you're talking about that, we're talking about your blood sugar. Blood sugar, yes. Okay. And both of those have a direct effect on baby, kind of like yes. you said, post-delivery. Yes. Because if if mom is having high blood sugar while she's pregnant, while baby is in utero and baby is born, they're used to that supply, that yes. constant supply, oversupply of blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And so when they're born, like Tracy said, that leads to hypoglycemia mm-hmm. in the babies, yes. which is dangerous for both mom and baby. Let's talk about that pregnancy period then. What can a mom do to help decrease her chances of getting in a position where she puts her heart at risk, what are some of the things that she could do during her pregnancy? And then I'm sure that they apply even to women who aren't even pregnant, probably. So if you're thinking about starting a family, some of the things I would say as a woman that you can do to kind of decrease your probability of having hypertension during pregnancy if you don't already have heart issues is weight. The biggest thing is weight, smoking. So if you if you are a tobacco, if you smoke tobacco, you need to try to stop smoking if you're planning on getting pregnant, try to lose weight. I know I'm someone who says this BMI calculator needs to be redone. (laughs) I don't know how many years this has been in effect, but it needs Mm -hmm. to definitely be redone. But if you're 30 or higher, if your BMI is 30 or higher, you need to try to lose weight. And I don't know if Abby can share with us some of the things, uh, foods and stuff that you can eat that will help. Yeah, definitely. So like Tracy was saying, you know, getting some of those risk factors taken care of, losing weight. If you're planning to get pregnant and you've got that larger BMI that the doctors are telling you we need to to limit or to lower, would just be watching your calorie intake, limiting about 500 calories each day, making more healthful choices. I know in previous podcasts, I've Harped on the MyPlate model. Again, that's just a really good go-to for generalized, healthful eating patterns. But I'm sure there are going to be plenty more things that we talk about here in a few minutes just all around in terms of nutrition. But to tail end off of just getting ready to start a family would be going ahead and start a prenatal multivitamin. That ensures that you're definitely taking care of all your vitamins and minerals, nutrients that your body needs to make sure that it is going to be capable of housing that baby in utero and hopefully keeping a long-term healthy pregnancy throughout that journey. One of the things that I read about was that women who have an increased blood pressure during during pregnancy or gestational diabetes, preterm delivery, which is interesting to know, small for gestational age delivery, a pregnancy loss or placental abruption, those women are more likely to develop cardiovascular disease later in life, which you don't really think about what's happening early in your pregnancy mm-hmm. could affect you later in life. And it, it affects them more so than women who have no complications during their pregnancy. And that's American Association, American Heart Association information. But I also read that on the flip side, if they choose to breastfeed, 
it will, can help decrease the risks of cardiovascular disease wow. and metabolic diseases later in life. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was kind of interesting information that I wasn't sure about. They also are looking at this postpartum period after the baby comes as what's called the fourth trimester. Mm -hmm. And they're recognizing that there needs to be some follow-up care and more emphasis on treatment and, and just watching for later complications because after the baby comes, of course, you've lost some of the weight, mm -hmm. but um, there's still some things that you probably need to do. Our girl Emily's not able to make it with us today, but she would be emphasizing more on picking up, trying to decide how to do some exercises, and she yes. would probably be helping us share information about how new moms can factor in exercise into their life of trying to raise the baby and do all the things that moms do now, but to try to incorporate some exercise into their day. Exercise uh, is very important. I agree. It is very important. But it's mm -hmm. so easy to not do, especially mm -hmm. on cold winter days like we've oh, had. Yes. Who wants to get out True. and try to exercise? You mm -hmm. just want to go home and wrap up in a blanket. But that's where we have all of these utensils at our fingertips these days is yeah. you've got YouTube. You've got all these different apps on your phone. You know, we can download those while we're breastfeeding the baby or giving the baby a bottle or, you know, just sitting around and letting somebody take care of your baby for a few minutes to give you some headspace. Your headspace could be that exercise um, because we know that that does improve, you know, your mental health yeah, just as much. Absolutely. And if you can just find some time too on like a sunny day to get out. Right. Put the baby in the stroller, throw in an extra blanket. Of course, put the baby on their back in the stroller yes. and let them sleep and don't <laughs> let the blanket sleep. get yes. too close. But take some walk. Get out and exercise yes. and walk. And the, the sunshine will do you good. The fresh air will do you good. So I think that's probably some things that she would have said. Pregnancy puts stress on a woman's heart, which can worsen any existing medical conditions that you may have, you know, before pregnancy. So, you know, just when you're pregnant, your heart is working for two versus working for one. And so in that is it's working those vessels and arteries a lot more than it normally would be if you wasn't pregnant. So one of the things to look for with heart disease in women are some of the symptoms that women have. Women aren't like men in that crushing chest pain that you see and you uh, immediately associate with a heart attack in a man. Women feel more tired or they're short of breath or they've got fatigue or disturbed sleep. Well, what am I describing right now? A new mom, a normal yes. new mom. Mm -hmm. So the scary part about all that is it's kind of hard to know the difference between what is a normal new mom fatigue versus is this actually a heart. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be what's kind of a little bit stronger of symptoms for you than it's deep fatigue or disturbed sleep. A lot of, um, you know, the baby's going to wake you up throughout the night, mm -hmm. but more so than normal. The shortness of breath, the extremely being tired. Vision, so, dis vision um, disturbances is, yes, is another. Yes, yes. Well, and I think, too, you know, we're talking about can we differentiate between 
am I just tired because I'm a new mom or is this something a little bit more serious? I think we can attest in here to say that once you're a mom, maternal instinct kicks in pretty hard. And even though it might not be that you're looking out for that for your child, you're a little bit more in tune with your body for what's going on with you too. So I think that instinct just naturally comes too and you should know, hey, this this just isn't right. Maybe I should seek medical attention. And one thing I do want to, that you made me think of when you were saying all that is maternal instinct. Women tend to put everything about themselves aside because they're taking care of that new baby Mm -hmm. and they're making sure the other kids at home are getting taken care of and what the husband needs or their parents at the time might need or she's doing everything for everybody else and sometimes she tends to push those symptoms aside because moms are super women Mm -hmm. and they will typically put themselves last so if you don't hear anything in this podcast as a mom as a woman start looking at taking care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself and you're not here you can't take care of all those people anyway Mm -hmm. so make sure you pay attention to your body know what's normal in your body know when something that's not normal surfaces so that you can address it immediately only about one in eight women even reported chest pain with heart issues and the chest pain that they actually felt they described as more pressure or aching or tightness Mm -hmm rather than that crushing pain. pain. So another thing with women's chest pain is it's not normal. So you just kind of have to, again, know your body. Know what's normal, know what's not. And just to add to what Tammy just discussed, um, as far as heart issues like heart attack symptoms, we also have stroke symptoms as well, which are kind of Similar to a heart to heart attack symptoms, but I was always taught to use the letters FAST, F-A-S-T, the letters that spell FAST, F-A-S-T. So the F is for face drooping, A is arm weakness, and it's usually for women, your right arm. S is for speech difficulty, and T is it's time to call 911. So if you have all four of those going on, it's time to call 911 because you could possibly be having a stroke. Well, that's good to know. And that, that affects anybody. And and you usually think strokes only happen in older females or older men, but strokes can affect anybody, anybody. at any age. So, Are there any specific tips that you can share with us about healthy eating for our heart, but it's good, so it's not all just like chewing on a bunch of kale and quinoa. (laughs) Isn't that what everybody wants these days? Good, healthy foods taste like chocolate. I know, I know. No, yes, there are so many different things. Just to kind of relate, Heart Health Month, but also with our women, too, The biggest thing that I try and tell a lot of my people is let's watch our sodium. If we have that gestational hypertension or we have hypertension in general, we should be watching how much sodium we take in. I'll give all of my patients a guideline when they're looking at that food label per serving size. That's a key key phrase right there. Per serving size is 140 milligrams or less is ideal. Anything that is 300 milligrams or more per serving size is too much. We want to stay away from that as much as possible. And then I always tell patients, look for the salt-free claims on any packages that you may purchase. 
because when they take something out, they add something in. And if you're already dealing with high blood pressure, odds are you might be dealing with some glucose issues like we talked about earlier, and they're adding sugar in for that shelf life stability. So we've got to be mindful of that. Looking at saturated and trans fat, saturated is going to be in your whole fat meats, whole fat dairy products. So just trying to buy the leaner options. If we can get by with skim milk or 1% milk or even, you know, almond milk, those kinds of things are are a good option. And then as far as beef goes, 90% lean, over 10% fat or healthier, trying turkey, trying Deer meat, if that's something that you like, deer tends to be leaner. As far as the trans fat goes, trans fat is technically not supposed to be in food products. That was mandated by the USDA, but they've gotten sneaky with that. So if you look in your ingredients list, if it says or has the wording partially hydrogenated oil, that is a key indicator that trans fat is in there. All that's doing is clogging up your arteries. All that's doing is making your heart harder to pump, function on a daily basis. So stay away from that. Okay, is that in chocolate? No. Okay, good. So for the most part, for the most part. A lot of times it tends to be in your prepackaged cakes and pastries, eating more heart-healthy fats is going to be something that we want to incorporate if we're not already doing. Fish recommendations are going to be salmon and tuna, and trying to eat those at least twice a week um, is is our goal for Heart Health Month. And I think last but not least would be, in terms of the heart healthy fats, choosing more healthful oils to cook with. So olive oil, canola oil, soybean oil, walnuts, walnut oil, things of that nature. Try to stay away from vegetable oil, Crisco, things that are higher fat as much as possible, just because, again, they contribute and exacerbate those things that do not help our heart function as it's supposed to each and every day. And I think last but not least, with us talking about heart month and February, the colors that we eat are very, very, very important. And this month in particular, we talk about going red for heart month and the color red actually does benefit our heart. So just try to include more red colored fruits and vegetables this particular month. So it seems like we're seeing more moms with high blood pressure lately. Is that true? Are you seeing that more in labor delivery? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I believe that the state, through a project called TIPQC, a program, is working on trying to figure out how to help moms and to start coming up with ways to decrease the high blood pressure issue in these new moms. I think our hospital is going to be participating in a program that helps moms kind of keep up with their blood pressure. Do you know anything about that coming up? Yes, yes. So we're supposed to be getting a state grant, like you you discussed. Mm -hmm. And what that is going to involve is we also have what's called OB triage. Um, It's like the ER department of OB. So we have ladies that come in a lot for preeclampsia issues, meaning high blood pressure issues Mm -hmm. in pregnancy. So um, it's been discussed that we're going to start this program. It's called, we're going to give moms who come in through OB triage with blood pressure issues, 
blood pressure cuffs to go home and monitor their blood pressures and in a week to two weeks bring those blood pressures that they collected in that week or two to their doctor's office or back to OB triage when they come so we can kind of keep up with their blood pressures at home and to see if we need to one start them on medication or increase the medication that they're already on. I think that's a great program. I think it'll be a good study to also see just how much elevated their blood pressures develop during their pregnancy. So I think that's a good good program that we're going to be able to offer these new moms. So another thing that we also have that we're going to be offering is a new, it's a new class that we've added to our class lineup for pregnant women. And it's called the fourth tri class, the fourth trimester class. So the fourth trimester is after the baby comes. So it's recognized as that period of time post-delivery where mom needs to start taking care of herself, going to her doctor's visit, getting her blood pressure checked, all the things. So this, um, and also for their mental health. I know there's a lot of emphasis on moms and their um, mental health with the hormones and the postpartum depression. So this fourth trimester class is developed to be able to help moms recognize some signs before they get into trouble. And if you have an interest in that class, just go to WTH.org, scroll down to classes and events, and look under the classes and events page. It will take you to that fourth trimester class, and you can register for one. It is a virtual class, so you don't have to bring your new baby out, and it also is free right now. So it is packed full of great information, and I think it will be very beneficial and helpful to a lot of families. So, ladies, I think it was a very good, informative day. I think we've learned a lot about heart health. Is there anything burning that either of you have thought of that you didn't say or need to say? I just think as women, our bodies are so magical in the sense that we can grow a human ourselves. Yes. By the grace of God, we can grow a human ourselves. That men can't do. men can't do. (laughs) And we just have to learn to better take care of ourselves so that we can adequately grow each of those humans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we and it starts t- with heart health. It does. <laughs> and we need to take care of ourselves so that we can be here to follow through yes. with those humans that we've grown and exactly. help them get to where they need to be in life. So, And all the people that we love that we have to take care of and give our time to. So. I would just like to put emphasis again on things that you can do to prevent a lot of this from starting in the beginning. So let's just remember to avoid smoking, maintain a healthy weight, eat nutritious foods. Abby gave a good list of things that you can eat. Keep active with at least 30 minutes of exercise. And sometimes we fail to realize that as far as exercising, you don't always have to go outside to exercise. There's a lot of things you can do Inside, if you don't have weights, you can use bottles of water, you can use canned goods, and then just follow the advice of your healthcare team. That's great advice and a wonderful way to wrap it up. Well, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you guys, most of all, for tuning in and listening to another podcast of We Talk Health.